It's time to hear what's good, what's bad, and what's ugly at the multiplexes and at the art house. Warehouse, farmhouse, hen house, outhouse, or doghouse in that area. You'll also hear about new and old films on Blu-ray and on DVD. Plus, you'll hear all the latest Hollywood gossip. I don't care! Okay, maybe not the latter, but it is time for film sociology with WFYI's film guru. Kaiser Shizzy! No, that's Matthew Sosi. It's such a fine line between stupid and, and clever, yes. Let's see how thin the line is. Here's your host, Matthew Sosi. Hello there, film lovers. Welcome to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. If you have a question or a comment, you can email me at msocey, that's M-S-O-C-E-Y, at WFYI.org. I'm also on Facebook, also on Twitter, at Matthew Sosi. The show is available as a podcast, and it's also available on iTunes. And uh, joining me in studio from the Film app, where you can get a little of this and a little of that, he's also finished writing a really angry letter. Letter to David Edelstein, and it's uh, Joe Shearer of the Film Yap. Hi, Joe. Hello. How's it going? Okay, good to have you here. <laughs> yeah, great to be back. Um, okay, so so the the big title this week, and uh, mm-hmm. we, before we got on, we because the big title, of course, is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Yeah. And we, is there anything else that dares to go up against? <laughs> well, there's one small art mm-hmm. art film which which Joe saw, and we'll get to that in yeah. a little bit. So. Um, you you hear critics like us, old old curmudgeony guys, gripe about remakes and sequels, and and this was actually a sequel most of us were looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the first Guardians of the Galaxy made my top ten. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it, what happens quite often is on a top ten list, you will get maybe sometimes. Um, nine very serious arty award winning, and then you will have one just, that is just fun. And I think it's right. a reminder that you have fun mm-hmm. uh, at the theater. Mad Max Fury Road is an example, and and this was one of those. So mm-hmm. so the fact that everybody involved was coming back, and it's James Gunn, the same writer and director from the first one, mm-hmm. always helpful. Yeah. And yeah, you get a couple of new people, new names um, mm-hmm. involved, and and so basically we have. Um, the the land of misfit outlaws, right. uh, back together. Yes, even Groot in baby form, and and they have uh, they have they have new people to run away from. <laughs> they are they are golden, and uh, and then uh, and then Star Lord's dad in the form of Kurt Russell, who's supposed to be a god and a planet with with a, with a giant member because that is brought up, right. uh, comes back in human form, and there's a whole secondary plot about. Family. It's hey, look. It's another film with Vin Diesel that talks about family. <laughs> right. Just not nearly. It's not a drinking game. Uh-huh. But you have the father son thing with uh, Chris Pratt and Kurt Russell. You have the sibling thing with uh, Zoe Saldana. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a weird thing between Rocket and Groot, sort yeah. of, maybe, kind mm-hmm. of. Um, Michael Rooker, who I, I think I accidentally referred to on IBC as, the, as our favorite blue meanie. Um, <laughs> you know, they're they're all kind of back into this. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe, your your thoughts on this? Because yeah. I well, want uh, well, you know. well. By the way, first of all, you know what Vin Diesel has to say about family in this movie? I am Groot. I am Groot. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, I, 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 oh, it kills me. It cracks me up that my 
three favorite Vin Diesel performances, mm -hmm. two of which are animated. Right. Between between the Iron Giant and uh -huh. Groot. Yes. And then and then a, a Sydney Lamette film that none of y'all saw. So right. forget forget the stuff that you know is making a kajillion dollars mm -hmm. and and then the, the other franchise, which I believe is coming out on video next week. Mm -hmm. Yay. Yeah. But uh but yeah, we, we are Groot. <laughs> that is his legacy. Anyway, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, um so I'll just say I really love this movie. Um, I I would say it, it's right up there with the first one to me. There's no uh, there's no real fall off. It's it's sort of a different movie. Um, there are some of the themes are some of the themes are the same. Some of the you know the, the theme of of parentage and and family and all that was discussed in the first film. You know, uh, but it kind of made way for you know pow pow you know bang bang in this it's kind of like the pow pow bang bang kind of makes way for that you know for for that theme and, and it, it right you know it rises kind of to the surface a little more it, that's not to say there's not plenty of explosions and you know comedy and all that but. right I, I i you know when i walked out i liked it mm -hmm. i didn't like it i didn't think i liked it as much as the first one mm -hmm. that's not entirely true i didn't think it was as funny as the mm -hmm. first one there yeah. there and there is some funny stuff in this mm -hmm. um you have all of these kind of uh, you know you basically have these really different personalities kind of butting heads yeah. and uh it was it was fun to revisit these folks mm -hmm. um i i it also helped in my case the night before the screening i i showed the film to my family they had not seen it and 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 there's a lot of times i'm not able to watch an original film before seeing a sequel mm -hmm. because it just happens i mean right. it just and uh so anyway to have it fresh in the head you know, to to uh, there's there's nothing like having a, a child, and then you guys are quoting Batista. You're you're <laughs> this stupid tree is my friend, and this green whore is my friend, right. and and I, I had recently seen that he is that that Batista's character has become a role model in the autism world because yes. he takes everything literally everything at face value. Yeah, and yeah. and that has become a huge influence, and and also it helps that the guy is funny as hell. Oh yeah, yeah, and he he nails that. Um, that role, and I, I actually, uh, I just, just was telling you before we started that I just listened to him on a podcast, and he talks about that very much about how Drax is just him, and, right? You know, and obviously, as they say, you know, magnified, blown up, you know, uh, larger and he's than life, a big dude. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you know, aside from being a big dude, he's got the same kind of dry sense of humor, and which um, Drax has kind of has developed a little bit in this from the first film. Um, they they kind of dropped a, a little bit the. He does. He takes everything literally. There's, there's, a, there's still that's still kind of simmering, but it's not as pronounced. I, I will say there is a, uh, if I remember right, yeah, there, I believe there is a triumphant moment that involves symbolism. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Or sorry, yeah. you know, that is brought up. Sarcasm is brought up, which is always good. Yeah. And uh, the the but the the kind of the sweetness of this character is really magnified in this yes. film too. And, and he has an arc with one of the new characters that that is. Um, uh, you could, I guess, you could call an offbeat romance in a way. Yeah, she because she is hideously ugly outside. Right. <laughs> um, that the other thing was, yeah. Is, while I said it wasn't, I don't think it's as funny. I don't think I laughed as much as the first one. However, mm -hmm. it does provide something that critics grumble about when you have a sequel. Mm -hmm. You have character development, capital yeah. C, capital D, and mm -hmm. they get to expand. Yeah, Drax's character. Yeah. you have these siblings. You know, the, you have these sisters mm -hmm. who have been feuding since day one. You have the potential father son 
new father-son thing with Drax and Ego. Yeah. Um, so the fact that that stuff is happening, hey, guess what? This didn't really happen. I mean, we're hoping this happens with Rogue 2. Right. Uh, or I'm sorry, the sequel to Rogue 1, right. where, where we are introduced to interesting people, but they don't get to do a whole hell of a lot. And, mm-hmm. and the Guardians of the Galaxy got to do a whole hell of a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Rooker... Who, you know, classic that guy mm-hmm. in, um, growing up and the fact that he gets to do comedy. I, and, and the funny thing is I have heard at conventions he is one of the nicest guys in the world mm-hmm. to, to go and talk to at a convention. And he's had – ever since he broke through with Henry Portrait of Serial Killer, yeah. he's had a career of just playing heavies and scuzzy guys and scary guys. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he gets to have fun with that and he gets – I think he really benefits from this film – Probably more than any other character. Uh, yeah, I would I would think so. And I was going to say the one relationship that they really explore that you didn't uh, mention was was Rocket and Yondu, who have this really cool kind of. It's almost it almost turns into a brotherly kind of vibe. Yeah, um, as as they are, you know, they they end up you know through the various plot machinations, they end up together for an extended period of time. And, right, and it, it was it's really interesting. It to me is like the least. The one maybe of, of if you just mix the characters up, I, the one I would would have thought the least kind of works, and then they're together, and, and it's just it's almost magic the way they. The it's almost like a go. Star Trek Beyond feel because there was yes. there was a big section chunk of that film where cast members were, were paired off, right? Random, yeah. sometimes randomly, and you're like, yes, yes, and and I've you know I've seen it there uh, some reviews uh, that are critical of that, and I thought well, it. it you know, it, it makes things, it shakes things up a little bit, you know, and, and yeah. you know, especially when it's just, you know, in this case, it was just Rocket and um, Rocket and Groot and then Yondu comes on to, the, you know, into the fold at, at some point. Um, of course, we don't want to give too much of that away, but no. Um, yeah. So it, it was just, it was an interesting kind of way to mix things up a little bit. And, and it didn't, it didn't bother me. I thought it added, if anything. No, because we have a, uh, you know, we have, and, and, and Joe is great at the characters when I forget the names. He, I, and I refer to him <laughs> by their actor name or, right. you know, that, you know, our, our favorite blue heavy who, you know, is, is loyal to a fault mm-hmm. over Star-Lord and, and the fact that he's got little funny quirks about him, you know, trolls and, <laughs> yes. you know, wondering if he looks like a badass Mary Poppins. That's in the film. You understand it when you yes. see it. Um, but, but you know, just, just something more than just, you know, angry blue guy chasing after somebody. Right. You know, which, you know, and, and, and I said the first film had a kind of an Ocean's Eleven feel to it mm-hmm. of these kind of different personalities who are thrown into, you know, Ocean's Eleven, Dirty Dozen, mm-hmm. uh, Now You See Me, you know, all this right. kind of uh, that sort of thing. Um, um, okay, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell yes. shows. Kurt Russell's apparently just coming off the bench for Universal, right? In all sorts of stuff, <laughs> and, and good for him. I mean, he's. I think he's. He is probably in the Christopher Lee portion of his career, but much younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting tagged on to Fate and the Furious, and now he's involved in this. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that cracked me up, and I'm gonna. Um, yeah, we're, we're trying to word it carefully because it opens this weekend. Yeah. But but uh, there's a scene, uh, like in the first film, there is a flashback scene to, like, 1980. <laughs> and this made me giggle. This probably made me giggle more than anything. That's probably the other thing. I thought one of the funniest things happened early, mm-hmm. and didn't, nothing else quite came close, even though I enjoyed it. But there there's a scene with with uh, with Chris Pratt's mother, and he, he's supposed to be the father, in the car. And, you know, C- CG has this effect, and, and there is this ridiculous feathered <laughs> hair that Kurt Russell had back then. Yeah. And there's a little CG kind of smoothing of the face. Mm-hmm. 
and and then you know it's actually Russell's voice, but it's his 2017 voice, right. you know, because he's dropped an octave a little bit, not yeah. quite Paul McCartney bad, mm-hmm. you know, that moment where I think it was I think it was here on Fresh Air where. Uh, she interviewed Paul McCartney, you know, like, and apparently I hadn't heard him speak in years. I'm like, oh my god, he sounds like an old man now. <laughs> right. And and Russell's kind of like that. He's been that way the last few years, mm-hmm. and so that just kind of made me giggle to no end. It was like yeah. you couldn't tweak that a little bit, just right. a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. make him sound like pre Snake Plissken, Kurt Russell. <laughs> yeah, and and that yeah that that little <laughs> scene was really really funny, and just he and he has this goofy kind of grin on his face the whole time. That's what he played back then. Right. Yeah. You know, and, but this was before. He got you know because because he was you know of, of of the Disney cloth and by the way he's a Disney kid that did not become a criminal right. um, or a child actor but and and play you know had done the, the Disney stuff and then did was too old to blue some some of the Disney stuff like appearing in Super Dad and and yeah. those sort of things and then of course got a career change with Escape from New York and mm-hmm. on Elvis on TV but anyway yeah. Um, yeah the the other thing is and I I pointed this out and I I think it, you know. Uh, okay, one of the recurring themes in the film is uh, recurring bits is use of oldies music, seventies and seventies music, which I hate to admit, I, I'm afraid it's going to wear out. It's welcome for me by the third one, yeah. but but mm-hmm. there is use of the song "Brandy" mm-hmm. in this, of which Russell refers to Chris Pratt as your mom's favorite song. Mm-hmm. And my question is, if it's his mom's favorite song, why is it on volume two? Right. Of the mixtape, so I'm like that. And I was like, "That's is that either a, a just a slight on James Gunn's part, or is it a really subtle plot point?" Yeah, and I can't tell. Mm-hmm. So maybe that says to be something about that. But I think also the fact that they got the rights to the song for this one, so they just right. let's throw it exactly in. right. Fine, yeah, and and you know, it's um, at the point that Kurt Russell's character left her. Maybe that was her favorite song, and maybe since these other songs have replaced it, that you know, I mean, you know, you, you can if you want an out. I, I'm going to be I'm a music nerd guy. Like, no way, that'd be on volume one. If if she's making a tape for him, right. it would be there. But yeah. I I also think it's from a logistic standpoint. Right, I'm, I'm sure. I'm, yeah, I'm sure practically, you know, we'll we'll, we'll manipulate the. Uh, you know everything else to, to fit around to the plot. So. Yeah, and, and yes. Um, by the way, Sly is in this. Yes, doesn't do a lot. Yeah, we'll hopefully do more in the next one. Yeah. And 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 Joe Joe Shearer got Facebook angry <laughs> because you had a film that that features Sylvester Stallone uh, and it features Kurt Russell, but they have no scenes together. Uh, and Joe Shearer went to Facebook and wrote in all caps, <laughs> "No Tango and Cash Reunion." <laughs> it was like Zodiac. Right. You know, and I, I pointed out there there is a scene with Sly and Rooker, so you know you uh-huh. have a cliffhanger reunion. Right. Not good enough for Joe Shearer. No, no, no. You, you could have made some joke at Jack Palance's expense, uh-huh. and then you'd be like asking people if right. they got that, just like you did at the end of Split. Right? Did, do, you under, do you understand that bit? Did you know how funny that was? Right. <laughs> did you get that? That was brilliant. Did you see that? <laughs> let, let me explain to you how this was brilliant. And, and by the way, apparently. Uh, apparently, speaking of split, apparently uh, he is he is making a crossover film now. Yeah, yeah, which which is, you know it was very obvious. I, and I said, you know, will you, will, that, you, will you let go of the water bottle? Tag yeah, yeah. Label, I'm, I'm sitting Thank here you. kind of kind of playing with the water bottle. I know. Um, but I would five, seven, eight years ago, uh, that would have been board. something I would have really just been so overjoyed at, at hearing. Now I'm kind of like. 
maybe marginally interested. It, it also helps that Split did really well financially yeah. on a low budget. So I think mm. they're gonna. It's gonna happen, but it's not gonna have Guardians of the Galaxy budget behind right. it. Yeah, and you know, and I would say you know, uh, on that little tangent, I'm I'm happy to see it finally happening. But you know, I I'll go see it, but I'm not gonna be. <laughs> Arm, you'll be front row, <laughs> arms crossed. Right. Yeah, impress me. As, as I said, <laughs> as I said with um, the upcoming Transformers, I'll be hate watching it. Maybe you know. But, you know, or, you know, but trying to keep it, of course, trying to keep an open mind. Maybe it'll be great. I don't, Guess I, what, I folks? Film, sure. criti- film critics have feelings. So yes, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and there's, there are some things that, that have personal connections to me. Transformers is one of them, as I just said, and the other one is, is M. Night Shyamalan, um, especially Unbreakable. Will, will Bruce Willis care? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> he'll, he'll be working with his still buddy. Still not caring. Yeah, still not caring. He'll still be just... We, I mean, yeah. Here on this show, we I, I, maybe, maybe I need to go back to that, because... Mm-hmm. I, I have done the show. When when did Bruce Willis care? <laughs> when did he stop caring? Well, yeah. and I think I determined. Well, we did this with Harrison Ford, and I, yeah. I talked with with my buddy Kyle Zillick, and we I think with Harrison Ford, we went all the way back to Air Force One. Wow, that's twenty years. That was the last time he cared. I think that's the last time yeah. he cared. Okay. Mm. Oh boy, here we go. Since I oh, see this is rough. All right, we're gonna go back to. By the way, so we'll wrap up Guardians of the Galaxy in a little bit, but we are going back to – we're now asking the question, Does when did Bruce Willis stop caring? 1999, uh, Sixth Sense. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so we're going to go from two, 1999 to today. Here we go. Uh, Story of Us. That was yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer and Rob. Yeah, Ryan. I remember yeah, that okay. one. No. Whole Nine Yards. Didn't care. No. The Kid. No. Definitely Disney. Not. Did you have to watch that with the kids? I I have not seen the kids. Thank God. No. Okay. Um, Unbreakable, we mentioned. Right. Okay. Uh, Bandits. Barry Levinson, no. Billy Bob Thornton, Kate Blanchett. Mm. Maybe. He's smirking in the poster. Yeah. Um, Hearts War. Didn't care. No. Um, Grand Champion. God, I never saw that. Yeah, I don't even know that. Uh, Tears of the Sun. No. No. Um, Rugrats go out. No, that doesn't count. Whole Ten yeah. Yards. God, no. Mm. Hostage. No. Sin City. Yeah. He's good, but I still don't know if he cared. Yeah, he probably, yeah. He, that, that was a job for him, even if it was, uh, you know, Alpha Dog. No. Oh, I didn't even remember, remember it. I don't remember. Dog. Lucky lucky number 11. Mm. Ooh. Oh, wait. I did like, okay, now it's like, I think, I, I wanted him to care, because right. I liked it. 16 blocks. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, that's what I was, I, you know, when you said that, it's funny, the, the thought popped into my head, maybe that was the last one. Okay, that's 2006. Yeah. All right. Um, Over the Hedge, no. Fast Food Nation, No. Uh, Grindhouse, no, but it was still fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, Perfect Stranger, God, no. Live Free or Die, no. Um, what just happened? No. Surrogates, no. Co- oh, God, Cop Out, hell no. And now he was in, um, what was the one with Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Um, Looper. Looper, yeah, yeah. Which, maybe he cared, maybe he didn't, but, I mean, Slightly. it was a good movie, you know? Yeah, Expendables, no, he yeah. didn't care. No, no. No. Red, no. Um, I, yeah, I'm now we're getting the stuff out. Moonrise Kingdom. Uh-huh. He didn't have to. Well, he didn't have to care as much because he's right. not carrying the film. He's yeah. a part of that. Exactly right. Um, yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is so odd in that. It's like if Bruce Willis <laughs> and Kirk Cameron had a kid. <laughs> right. Um, Good Day to High. No, no. GI Joe. No. no, Sin City. No. 
rock the cast. Then we get into stuff that goes straight to DVD, and I know he doesn't care. Oh no, um, not. and yeah, so maybe two, two or three half cares, and they weren't even mm-hmm. his starring vehicles. So yeah, that's rough. Um, <laughs> oh boy. All right. So anyway, get back to Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. <laughs> um, anyway, yes, enjoyable character mm-hmm. development. Yes. Um, we all y'all liked it. We all liked it. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I think it's out there. And yeah, in in the. The the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's not it's one that is standalone enough that it's not um, it's not going to great pains to establish. Hey, guess what's coming up? You know, right. Guess what's coming up? The big you know the big you know throwdown crossover with everyone. We know we all know that's coming. Uh, there are grumblings. There are more you know which is the the Guardians ca- connection anyway is Thanos the, who is going to be the villain um, in the the big. You know, Avengers: Infinity War throwdown sooner or later. Um, if you haven't caught that by now, um, right. that's what that's what they've been working up to since probably the first Captain America film. You know, do you, do you, do you think they have, they have a bo- giant board with all of this outline? It, it looks like an FBI board, you know, of, yeah. of the, the pyramid on what they're supposed to go after. Right? Yeah, it's like um, what is that? Is that Zodiac or Mel, yeah, or Mel Kiper's board during draft right. day? It's yeah. it's, it's a hundred movies, you know, or you know, hundred different movies where the guy walks in and has the he's got the string. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, the across string, the wall, wire, connecting yeah. all the photos and stuff. That's yeah. kind of like my contacts with female chefs from Food Network and yes. Cooking Channel. Yeah, it's all <laughs> yes, that. Exactly right. Um, okay, so that's that's. Oh, by the way, there's like four Easter eggs during the credits. Yeah, yeah, and and the thing, you know, and and again, if if we're gonna if we're gonna smack around David Edelstein a little bit, he he no, seemed to. No, I, I work here, so no, I'm not. <laughs> he seemed to to miss that particular point that that they were all about that film. They were not, you know. There's not a lot of, you know, as in you know some of the films where they'll jump around to a completely different movie. They'll, they're, you know, these are all connected to this film um, in some way or another. So it's it's not. This isn't a lot of advertising for the upcoming movies. You know, which is what you know I was trying to say a minute ago. Is that this is this is its own character? They're going to break these people off and throw them into another movie, but they're not they're not overtly shoving this down your throat as they have in other. It, films. It, they're not going to be fighting in an airport in an air uh, airport runway like in Civil War, <laughs> right? Yeah, and you know, and, and Captain America doesn't peek around the corner and wave. You know, there's none of that. <laughs> there's none of that kind of thing. Chris Evans, you get you'll get a million dollars if you just turn a corner and wave in <laughs> right. one day's work. Yeah, yeah he's in. I'm yeah, on you, it. You, yeah. don't, you don't see the Hulk, uh, although um, although the um, the Stan, uh, without saying too much, I will okay. say the the Stanley cameo. Of course, these are by now they're in all of them. Was was a moment that made me actually cheer out loud. Really? Yeah, just because of Ed Johnson was, because of who he's with. Ed Johnson and, was making fun of those people who who, <laughs> who are just going to see what just to see the Stanley cameo and what right. he who what he is finally mm-hmm. who he is finally playing. I guess is. Yeah. And also during the Easter eggs, you will you will come across an actor you recognize that we enjoy a great deal. Um, won't give it away. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got the meats. Right. And uh, <laughs> but but he you know he he's into the franchise throw yeah. as well. And good for him because he has. I, I haven't seen much of his work lately and, right. and I kind of like I got to interview him oh, yeah. at Fox I'll, I'll tell it off the air yeah. some other time okay. but uh, anyway so yeah Guardians of the Galaxy vol- Volume 2 it's everywhere mm-hmm. go check it out so here's the other question uh, Joe Shearer of the film app also wrestling guy oh, yes. um, with with Drax alone mm-hmm. I, th- I think Dave Batista has the third best cinematic track record okay. by a wrestler mm-hmm. only behind Piper uh huh and and Johnson, and, yeah, 
Is is that accurate? I would um, love to see. I would love to see Dave Batista do more. I, I right. thought there was a smart move. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he playing the. Uh, the, the obligatory Bond muscle inspector, and they yeah. recreated the the train fight in <laughs> From Russia with Love. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I know he's done some other things. I, right. I you know, I, I'm hoping he gets a little more higher profile. Mm-hmm. Probably not. I don't think he's in Dwayne Johnson territory yet. No, no. You know, as far as carrying a huge film, mm-hmm. but he's he's funny as hell in this, and yeah. you know, he he's always sold well um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on the mic when when he's at his uh, his regular job. Yeah. So uh, I, I, that's. Well, I mean, you can go into like, um, you know, El, El Santo, the the Mexican uh, wrestler, was a huge star. In That's his, true. Uh, I, I mean, if if you're going, if you want to go, okay, American, how about like, like all right, know, of the last twenty years, right? Yeah, WWF slash WWE wrestlers. Um, he's. Uh, I would probably, honestly, I would probably nudge him just ahead of Hulk Hogan. Um, Hulk oh, Hogan has not even close. Well, he had. I mean, he had. A, he made had a some, lot of terrible movies. He but has he some made bad movies. Yeah, he made a lot of terrible movies, but he made a, a lot of movies that he starred in. You know, and I and, don't know. And they, they were made bad. It, they were they were really bad. Batista's not going to be in horrible. Santa with muscles right. or Mister Nanny. <laughs> Mister Nanny, yeah, it's bad. Man. And no, even No Holds Barred, one of my favorite '80s campy movies. Is you have to have terrible. Co- you have to have cocktails when watching that. Yeah. Oh, it's it's so, and features a scene of him doing push-ups in red underwear. Like impressing Speedo Joan Severance, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, in, that, in, that's yeah, hard that to was watch. His, that was his seduction of of Joan, Joan Severance. Severance, yeah, and, it, uh. and it, of course it worked. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but but anyway, yeah, he's he's probably ahead of him. Um, yeah, I don't know who else. That I would, you know, who really got. I mean, John Cena is not there. Cena's, I mean, yeah, and Cena, Cena's found a bit because he's mm-hmm. he's. I really liked him in Trainwreck, mm-hmm. and he's found little bits. I know what was. Mm-hmm. Um, Stepfathers, he had a fun, you know, yeah. and those are short spurts. I right, mean, it's. Yeah, I yeah. think that that's Daddy's more, Home. That was Daddy, I'm sorry, Daddy's, Daddy's Home. home. Yeah. It's not Will Ferrell and, and Mark Wahlberg. Right. Yeah. I think you know, but he he's he's he does well in little spurts as opposed to uh, 16 rounds or 12 right. rounds, whatever. Yeah, the hell yeah. It is and, and the Marine was not great. And, and I know he's got a, he's in the Wall with yeah. Aaron Taylor Johnson. That's coming up uh, in mm-hmm. the next couple of weeks. That, or that's so. a that's a WWE Studios film, I believe. Too, of course so. it is. Yeah. Yeah, not you know what? Got to get away from that label. Got to get away from that studio brand to, yeah, to yeah. you know Although do it, well. I mean, they and and they put a lot of their wrestlers in there and and throw them in roles you, and you know. You know I, what? I interviewed the, the Miz for the Marine Three, which was a lot of fun. How was that interview? Uh, he, you know, he was nice. I you know you get the feeling. <laughs> I got the feeling anyway. No, knowing him, knowing his persona, and knowing um, even who he's been in his previous life, right? The MTV life. Uh, that he was holding back quite a bit, but uh, you know it, it was a pleasant experience, and you know it was fun. You know it was fun for me, and and I got to tell my kids, you know, oh, I talked to the Miz, and you know he was. Um, I'm trying to remember if he had, if he was the champion, or he had he had just recently lost the title. I think you know I he see. was the 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 whole the big champion at the time, or you know right around that time. Um, He's done a couple of movies, you know, and they they put their their guys in right. movies here yeah, and there. You, yeah, you, need to, you, yeah. need to, you need to get out of Vince's studio yeah, to do some quality work. Yeah, I think. You're, you're probably yeah, you're probably right. They've made a couple of decent Oculus that is one they did that um, I really liked. You know, I mean, mm. it's a small horror movie, but um, yeah, for the most part, it's it's generic junk for their guys. And then there's this. Hey, this is TNA Knockout Gail Kim, and you're listening to Film Sociology. Hey, this is Keenan. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Nay, welcome to the name dropping portion uh-huh. of film sociology. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Gail. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> 
Okay, so yeah, so I yo, so I, I I'm interested to see what Dave Bautista gets down the road. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, oh. and, and you know, I mentioned that podcast I listened uh, was just listening to a right. couple hours ago, and and he talked about the people he's worked with. You know, he he was um, is I guess he's going to be in the Escape Plan sequel, the Stallone Schwarzenegger. Although I guess Schwarzenegger's oh not in this. Gosh, they're making and, another one of those. Yeah, and he talked about how he <sighs> he was going to turn it down. And um, but he decided, oh, you know, it's working with Stallone. You get to, and, yeah, you get to work with Sly. This still has a yeah. little bit of cred. Yeah, but uh, um, but yeah, he's and he was he's in a, been in a movie with De Niro or one that's coming out. Um, although he didn't have scenes with him, and he talked about how oh. disappointing that was. But um, yeah, he's he's doing. Some you know stuff. what? Because because Fifty Cent got to do a scene with De Niro. That's right. that's and, <laughs> right. and Dave Batiste. I think Batiste is much more enjoyable. Yeah, and you can understand him a little better. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, only the WWE. I kind of wish in the eighties and seventies there were action, there were buddy cop movies with Ole and Arn Anderson, <laughs> yeah. oh, and that Tully Blanchard. Yeah. You know, a, a weird superhero thing with the Von uh, Erichs. Uh, you know, the, the possibilities back then. The family drama with Dusty Rhodes. No, jeez. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of, what, do you know when? ESPN is going to put out the Ric Flair documentary for 30 for 30. I do not. I do not know when that's coming out. It's going to be pretty soon. And I guess there's a, oh, if you want to hear something, the scariest, there's Uh a, supposed to be a biopic of Vince McMahon coming out at some point. No. That that was what I just just recently. That also sounds like a WWE production. It does. It sounds like a total joke. I don't care. Um, The the XFL's. Uh, I've, I've seen that. Really I've yeah. seen that. Yeah, he's yeah. he's a fascinating dude. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm still I'm hoping uh, high hopes for the uh, the, the Ric Flair the Ric one. Flair one will be really fun. Yeah, because it's still happening. Oh yeah. <laughs> still, oh yeah. That's a one that you could have about five different place cards at the end for yeah. the. You know, have you seen those in the documentary where they hit you with the update? What has happened <laughs> since we got done filming this? Flair, it could be anything. Yeah, and and you know he's he's had some headlines around here, but. Um, and I hate to say this as someone who's been a fan of his for years and years. Um, I've got his autograph. I, you know, I met him at a, at a you know, really, was, yeah. Um, he really seems like a kind of a miserable person. He, He's um, in bad shape. Yeah, his his daughter is a huge star. His daughter is like the the best woman wrestler in the world right now, except for Gail Kim. Right, <laughs> with all with all due respect to Gail Kim, um, but there I don't know if um, there's a um, the WWE Network. I I have of course have a subscription. Of course you do. And they have a show where they like prank. The wrestlers. Oh God! And there's one where where his daughter pranks him by not letting him in a building, and it's so awkward because he's like cussing the person. It's you know it's supposed to be a security, guard, and he's telling him how he's going to get him fired. And I'm sitting here going, "You're kind of playing this for laughs, but this is kind of sad no, and awkward." Yeah, you know. And and he ends up like he just turns around and walks off, and he's you know. And I'm like, "Yeah, you need to not not show this one." <laughs> That's a different time. You, yeah. I mean, that's a different generation. So, oh, yeah. yeah, you know, if you, if again, going back to, if you tried the punk Ole and Arn Anderson, oh yeah, or you Dick the Bruiser, yeah, you'd have yeah. gotten a fist full of, yeah. a face full of fists. Yeah, that's yeah. a bad idea. Yes. Some and, of those are kind of fun, but that yeah, was, and, really and nice. also the fact that that old school wrestling pranks we can't talk about on the oh, air. No. They're really oh, no. disgusting. Oh no. yeah, yeah. Uh, bags and, and things, things in bags and bags that you don't want to. All know sorts about. of things are just. <laughs> Bad. I've been I've been on a streak lately because because it helps that they're in YouTube and they come mm-hmm. in like spurts. Yeah. 
but um, but Jim Cornette oh, is yeah? always available to talk about old <laughs> stories, and and you're like, oh, thank God, I've never been in a locker room. That's oh just, yeah, and yeah. and certain bars and cities and people. So oh yeah. Anyway, well, welcome to the wrestling portion of <laughs> film sociology, which which really happens because we have cooking and food and everything, yeah, but and wrestling. Uh, okay, so that is happening. Uh, we 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 wrapped up Guardians of the Galaxy. It's very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. There there is a film I forgot. There there is not a big studio film that's going to go up against. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. However, there is a small film at mm-hmm. Keystone Arts on the north side mm-hmm. um, in case you want to see something new and it's out there and it's, it's coming to indie. But uh, it, apparently it, it is it has also been referred to as a combination of uh, My Dinner with Andre mm-hmm. and a little bit of The Trip. Tell us about, was it The Dinner? Yeah, yeah The Dinner. Yeah, um, it's it's an interesting movie. Um, Richard Gere, yeah, Rick, Steve Coogan, uh-huh. um, IFJA winner, Rebecca Hall. Yes, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, and um, acknowledge acknowledgee. You know, yeah. someone who she came on Twitter and she and talked about us. us. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and Laura Linney is the the, the As, fourth, right? So, um, or, or I'm sorry, uh, my dinner and Andre with Carnage. I probably right. is a better <laughs> okay. better comparison. Yeah. So, essentially the. The premise is this, okay? Um, Richard Gere is a is he's actually not the star, so I'm I'm kind of going backwards here. R- Richard Gere is um, a uh, congressman who is running for governor. Um, I don't recall what state it is. Um, I don't think Probably it's that important. Probably a generic state, <laughs> right? Yes, it's it's state landia, right? <laughs> uh, but he so he's running for governor. He's probably going to win. He's um, in the midst of introducing a bill that's going to kind of become his signature achievement. You know that push him into the into the the governor's mansion. Hmm. Um, he has has this brother played by Steve Coogan, who is a uh, high school prof- uh, history professor or high school English history teacher, and he is an interesting kind of guy. All right. Uh, he's very gruff and uh, he's very intelligent, but he's one of those guys who is so far inside of his own mind that the entire rest of the world seems like it's kind of an annoyance to him. Okay. And he will not hesitate to tell you so. Um, so basically Steve Coogan. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Um, Laura Linney is his wife, kind of his Way to go. kind of his put upon wife um, who loves him and, and keeps him you know on the straight and narrow. He is not a fan of his brother. Um, however, their sons are kind of best friends, and they run around, and they've kind of gotten themselves into a spot of trouble. Um, I, again, this is not something I want to necessarily divulge. Because it's a plot point, yeah, and, and, it's, and it's also a family show, it, just right. not and, your family. And it's and it's pretty bad. Oh, boy. Um, suffice it to say, it's pretty bad. So this the, the premise of the movie is them, the four of them, getting together to dinner in this nice, fancy restaurant to talk over what's going on. Coogan does not want to speak about it at all. Um, Richard Gere, of course, you know, in campaign mode is worried about nothing else but kind of suppressing this. And um, the women are in the middle. The dynamics are really great. There are a lot of kind of shifting loyalties. It's one of those kind of movies where, um, you know, you you can despise and love, you know, all of the characters at different times. And there's there's a moment toward the end where there's just a complete turn and people who you were previously kind of meant to be on the side of you now are going, oh, wow, really? Um, this is not kind of what I expected. So um, it's it's very tense. It's very, you know, for a movie where people are just sitting around having dinner, it's very tense. Cool. Um, Gear has uh, this this thing where his uh, campaign manager is is kind of walking around the bar 
Essentially, she's she's kind of pacing <laughs> on the bar patrol, yeah. because, because this you know they're on the eve of this big this big vote, and he's stopping to have a you know a, a dinner with his brother, and she's very mystified by this, not knowing because he won't tell her what's going on. Of course, and uh, so he she's continually coming in and pulling him away, and so it's like every time they're about to talk, he gets pulled away, and then somebody else storms off, and then then they've got to like you have to gather everybody back up. So it's one of these movies that plays with your emotions a lot where you're just there, there's a point where I just go oh my god really wow. let's, let's just talk about it already <laughs> it was, it was tense or is it I mean, you say it's, is it does it get tedious it, no it's well it, if you if you let it you know if, if you pull yourself out of the context of the film if, that's if, the mall crowd yeah yeah that that's where you'll you can get frustrated with it but if you're looking at it in the in the context of the film it it really kind of ratchets that tension up and then at the end you know, it kind of all comes out, and it all just kind of comes spilling out toward the okay. end. So, it, it's it's really a terrific movie. It's got a lot of really good performances. Um, like I said, it's one of those ones where everybody's just sitting around talking, but you're riveted to, you know, and you know your 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 loyalties are kind of the star of the show, where you're you're going, who are you going to take the side of, and then you kind of find out toward the end maybe you're you're wrong no matter and, and that's kind of the ultimate point no matter which way you go you're wrong so well this is from writer director Oren Moverman and mm-hmm. and he's got quite a resume already this is a gentleman who wrote and produced um the messenger that was okay. the with uh, Woody Harrelson and yeah, Ben yeah. Foster mm-hmm. um really good i think a screenplay dom- nomination for that is two sold they were they're the soldiers that have to go to people's homes to announce that their mm-hmm. their son is or daughter's been killed in combat right. uh rampart which had Woody Harrelson it, Woody Harrelson's training day yeah. Woody Harrelson is a corrupt cop also riveting mm-hmm. um uh time out of mind which i missed this one but he also wrote um love and mercy which oh, yeah. i absolutely loved and yeah. he wrote um i'm not there Okay. The Bob Dylan film, yeah. so inter- really interesting stuff that I like quite a bit. So mm-hmm. cool, I, yeah. I'm going to look out for that. Yeah, yeah, good. It's, it's it's definitely one you should you should see um, toward the end of the year. Um, Steve Coogan especially was really really terrific, and um, as just a kind of a, a grouchy, nasty kind of a guy. Not I mean you know nasty in the sense of unpleasant to be around, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, but a really good character, and, and he really has a great portrayal of, of who he is. And I don't think it's going to be – that's not one that's going to be shown in a drive-in. Oh, definitely and not. Ab- no. Although Abdul Hakeem Shabazz and I still want to have the art house drive-in. So we're, <laughs> we're – better food, better movies. But um, segue, me. Uh-huh. Um, at the drive-ins this weekend, because mm-hmm. if it stops raining, um, over at the Skyline Drive-In in Shelbyville, you mm-hmm. have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, of course. Mm-hmm. Beauty of the Beast, um, oh, one for the guy, one for the girl, I yeah. guess. Mm-hmm. And then this already happened, but but they they always show something at uh, one thirty in the morning uh, on the Friday night, Saturday morning. From the, and I remember this was a VHS tape you had to rent, and I believe this was on cable quite a bit from nineteen eighty two, Spring Fever, <laughs> with Susan Anton. Oh, I had a Susan Anton poster on my uh, room, uh-huh. but yeah, uh, horny teenager movie, but rated PG, so not well, that horny. Right. But uh, that anyway, that's at the, that already happened. Uh, over at the Tibbs, uh, we have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two and Beauty and the Beast again. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, this has got to be the same studio. Unforgettable and Going in Style. <laughs> that's a weird. <laughs> that's a combination, right? That's there. a weird pairing. Yeah. Um, it's got to be the same. It's got to be Warner Brothers. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then on screen three, Slight. Mm-hmm. I don't know anybody who saw that. 
No. They showed that to us. And the fate of the Furious. Mm-hmm. Interesting that they're having fate of the Furious second. Yeah. And the, oh, geez, here we go. The Circle. And the Belco experiment. God, (laughs) don't do that. Oh, I I don't want to spend any time with the car Uh -uh. seeing those two pictures. Yeesh. Um, So have we spoken recently about the drive-ins? uh, you know, are, are we going to the drive-in? We should be going oh, to the, the drive-in. The, oh, the, so, the film sociology drive-in. Yeah, yeah. Road trip, uh, right. field trip. Yeah, we totally should. Yeah, um, yeah. It's 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 a fun. It's it's still very fun. It's the 50th anniversary of the Tibbs. Um, the yeah. fact that there's still two in the central part of the state. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you have to go. And I, yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying to find a Friday night to uh, to talk the Sosies into to going and and of course it wrecks yeah. our Saturday because yeah. we're just tired. I, I've I've not been so years ago. I did a story. I think maybe we've talked about. It. I may have been on here talking about it at some point. That's all right. I, I did a story for Intake Magazine about drive-ins and they they paid me. Not only did they pay me, they reimbursed me for all of the uh, places I went. Um, I went to every drive-in in the in the area from. Um, I didn't go to Newcastle because I, but I have been there a couple of times. Um, I went to Shelbyville. I went to. Did you just like tips. order everything on the menu because you knew you're? <laughs> I, 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 I ordered something. Every I want. Night. I want milk yeah. duds every twenty minutes. Right. <laughs> you didn't finish the last box. I don't care. Right. Yeah. I'm getting reimbursed. Three milk duds every twenty minutes till somebody passes out. <laughs> then every twenty five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I went to um, there was one in Mooresville, I believe it's closed. Yeah. Um, since then, um, but it's the, the one in Shelbyville is was yeah. very very and they, nice. And they have a lot of different events. You know what? Don't take the mo- don't take the popcorn out of the bag. I'll just take that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just breathe. Exactly right. Intake's like, what the hell? Why yeah. do you have a seven hundred dollar bill? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, my first cover story. Um, was, very good. Was very fun. Um, I watched uh, Spider Man two. Um, legitimately, probably seven times i i ended up i ended up bailing a couple of times because you know i was like you know i've seen this I, as much as i love spider-man is great all right i'm out right. of here yeah let's go you know my, my wife especially come on do we have to watch this again and i'm like yeah let's just i'm on assignment dear come on <laughs> right. how steamy you know, who, who had the steamiest windows <laughs> right uh, yeah. yeah but um oh the the, the food is is, is better, good. yeah. It's, it's better than you remember. Yeah, every bit as good as you know. You I, I, I always, I, I imagine. Yes, you you have your standard um, movie theater fa- fodder of mm-hmm. uh, popcorn and this sort of, I, is it so it's better. I, I guess the, the flashbacks I have, the, it was it was a selling point that you can get hot dogs and hamburgers, mm-hmm. but I think they were of a gas station nature yeah. level of uh, right. of cuisine. So it's better than that nowadays. Right? Yeah, and and the the best French fries anywhere are always going to be drive-in French fries as oh, far that's as that's concerned. Good. That's yeah. pretty good. Um, yeah, and and a good value too. Um, I think it's. Um, is it? I think some of them do per car. I think it's like nine dollars per car or something, which is as far per, as admission. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, and check, check your, you know, check local listings. Well, we don't we don't talk about prices here at NPR, but right. um, <laughs> yes. Well, there's okay. I can't talk about that. Uh, okay. But there, no, there's an each thing. Okay, there's so, an admission. Uh-huh. Uh, but still, I think you you also it's, it's like you you have to remember when you go to a restaurant. I remember teaching this to students of. And, and plays really. You're not mm-hmm. when you pay a ticket to a play or a drive-in or a restaurant. Mm-hmm. You're also helping pay for rent, yes. gas, lights, mm-hmm. you know, yes. equipment, all that sort of thing. You're mm-hmm. not just eating. You're not just paying for the product it, it, itself. So, right, exactly. So I yeah yeah. If you pay double digits, mm-hmm. low low double digits, but mm-hmm. double digits nonetheless for a drive-in experience, I think that's worth yeah, it. Yeah, and so. and you're still seeing two movies. 
Yeah, I miss I miss double features. Yeah, yeah, it's a and, lost art. Yeah, and and it's you know it, that's even even then if it's ten dollars per person you're still you're still half price right with a double feature. Mm-hmm. So um, you know that's that's there and yeah and and to your point, um, frequent the concessions. They that was one thing you know I spoke to the managers when I did that story years and years ago. Like I said, and that was what they consistently said was that they make almost no money on the movies. Oh yeah, it's all concessions for yep. them. I, there was a there was a dollar cinema around the block from the coffee shop I managed in uh, Wheaton, Illinois. <laughs> and this is this is twenty years ago. It's long gone. But but I would bring I would bring the uh, the the staff. I would bring the bagels from the end of the day, and I would get into the movies for free. Mm-hmm. And and I thought when I first walked in and I had I mean I had like it was a particularly slow day but I had a big bag and and uh, and I said well let's trade and and then he went yeah no we don't uh, you can get in for free but you have to pay for popcorn that's what we make our money <laughs> yeah and like to be fair like okay I'm seeing right. Nixon for free and it's a dollar cinema but okay right. I'll put it in for the popcorn sure okay um, over at IU Cinema and this again all depends on when you listen to the show so you know be be advised um, three o'clock you still have time. At IU Cinema um, from 2016, and it is a film that just came out on video this week, the foreign film Oscar winner from Iran, The Salesman, which mm-hmm. hopefully we'll get to in a little bit. And then at 7 o'clock, the 2016 documentary David Lynch, The Art Life, which mm-hmm. is also being replayed Thursday the 18th at 7 p.m. And then Friday the 19th at 7 p.m., Colossal with Anne Hathaway and Jason Sudeikis. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, David Lynch's documentary and Colossal are being shown again on Saturday the 20th. David Lynch at 3 p.m. The film, not him. And then Colossal <laughs> at 7 p.m. And then Tuesday the thir- 23rd, mark your calendars, folks. This is a date movie. Uh, Tuesday, May 23rd at 7 p.m., Kinsey. Speaking of Laura Linney. <laughs> yes. And Liam Neeson. And it was, uh-huh. I don't think that was sh- another film that was not shot in Indiana. Right. But they, they did do parts of did it. Did they do parts? Yeah, they okay, do I parts. take some yeah. of it back. Mm-hmm. Some of it back. But yeah. uh, there you go. Yeah. Not, by the way, Kinsey, not a date flip film. Just, no, no, no. No. Um, okay. Going to um, what is new on DVD and Blu-ray. You're listening to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD2 The Point and WFYI.org. No, I'm, I'm actually going to, I'm switching Grabbed a different piece of paper. <laughs> um, we're talking about Lost Art, like the drive-in movies, the double feature, yeah. the midnight movie. Yes. Um, home video killed the midnight movie star, except mm-hmm. for The Room and right. Miami Connection. But um, twice a year, Keystone Arts, mm-hmm. the, they do a midnight movie series in the summer and in the fall. Mm-hmm. And this past week, they announced their summer series starting June 9th and 10th, The NeverEnding Story. Yes. <laughs> uh, I will say this. I think the recurring theme, trippy. Yes. So um, my my daughter, not a fan of the never-ending story. Really? Too, too creepy looking. Really? From uh, Wolfgang Peterson. Uh-huh. June 16th and 17th, very excited for this, Ken Russell's The Devils with mm-hmm. Oliver Reed and Vanessa Redgrave. Controversial film from Ken Russell. This was his follow-up, I believe, to Women in Love. Uh-huh. This is four years before Tommy, a priest who is accused of witchcraft by a nun. A nun had uh, bad thoughts about uh, the, <laughs> the priest. And there's some naked nuns. And anyway, bad, bad stuff. Right. Bat spit crazy film. Right. Does not even, still put out by Warner Brothers in the early 70s. Still not, a, not an American video release wow. for this film. And it's coming to Indy. June 23rd and 24th. Because Joe Shearer calls me a cinematic masochist, <laughs> the Tommy Wiseau masterpiece, The Room, uh-huh. which means that weekend I'll be replaying his chat on film sociology. 
June 30th and July 1st, Ponyo. For you Studio Ghibli fans of okay. Miyazaki, and I oh. think that's the if you if you're going to introduce your kids to anime, I think Ponyo is the perfect film to start yeah, with. Yeah, and don't know if it's dubbed or subtitled. Doesn't matter. Either way, it's still pretty cool. Yeah. July seventh and eighth. Speaking of Studio Ghibli, Gra- uh, Grave of the Fireflies, mm-hmm. story of siblings uh, fighting for survival in the final months of World War II. July 14th and 15th, The Love Witch, which, uh, oh, jeez. But it's a story of a uh, of a modern-day witch who casts spells on men, and this is a, a mature level a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to hopefully get in touch with one of the actors in this film because we went to college together. Oh, there you go. Um, June 20, July 21st and 22nd, the French-Czech mind-messing animated <laughs> film, Fantastic Planet, oh, okay. which uh, got a Criterion release. Mm-hmm. This is back in 1973, the film, not the release. And then they end the season July 28th and 29th with Hedwig and the Angry Inch, everyone's favorite transsexual German <laughs> rock and roll cabaret story. So, uh, so Joe, I will be seeing you at the room, yes? Uh, right. <laughs> both of them, right? Both, but- well... Ho- I could do both, and I have done both. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see about that. Yeah. So, hey, mark your calendars there. Um, okay, on video, there are a number of, of new titles, and, and I keep forgetting that we, we talk about – I've talked about certain films that were released at the end of the year for award consideration, and, and there's been a few that just kind of drifted away unfairly to a certain degree. Mm. The biggest one was Martin Scorsese's Silence yeah. because uh, Paramount decided to push uh, Arrival and Fences instead. Okay. Um, the Weinstein Company had two of these. Um, there was The Founder with mm. Michael Keaton. Yes. And uh, and I watched the other one. I forgot about it. But uh, the Matthew McConaughey not glamorous film Gold. <laughs> right. And uh, the Weinsteins instead pushed Lion and it turned to work out in their favor. This is yeah. one. It's, it's Steve Gagan who uh, wrote and directed Syriana. Mm-hmm. And uh, McC- now we're at a phase now where I'm just looking for Matthew McConaughey to do something that doesn't sound like the car commercials he does. <laughs> yes. and, and he does do it. It is an unflattering portrayal. Uh, Ed Johnson, of course, loves it when mm-hmm. uh, actors show off their bodies mm-hmm. uh, to show off. And he, right. he's got a paunch and a bald spot in this one and it's at first it's it's a hunting for gold in Indonesia but it's not Sahara right. and and uh, here's the thing folks when you find gold 30 39 40 minutes into the film not going to end well <laughs> right it, it winds yeah. up taking a a wolf of Wall Street big short kind of turn in the second half of the film mm. especially when corporate banking gets involved with uh, with the gold hunt so yeah. Um, good film, but I, I can I also understand why it it didn't get pushed. Right. Um, we mentioned the the Academy Award winning film, a foreign film, The Salesman. This is from, uh, pardon my uh, Iranian, uh, Ashgar Farhadi, who's best known for the great drama A Separation, as well as The Pass. And it's a, it's a gentleman, a couple who are actors by uh, at night, and they move out of have to move out of their apartment, sublease an apartment. And the mother, the wife is attacked because uh, by somebody who thought it was the old tenant. And uh, at the very least, from a theater person's standpoint, their actors putting on in Iran a production of Death of a Salesman and uh, still working on the connection on that. But uh, (laughs) a well done drama. Um, speaking of animated uh, films nominated, The Red Turtle is now out on video. It's Mm -hmm. about 70 minutes long. Man Stuck on a Deserted Island with said character, said yeah. title, mm-hmm. but very, very cool. Yeah. Um, 
the really disappointing Robert De Niro film, The Comedian, <laughs> where you had him surrounded by really good people and would wish, and you were thinking about the films they had worked on before. Yeah. Uh, Leslie Mann, Harvey Keitel, Billy Crystal shows up, um, Danny DeVito, but yeah, that's there. And, and ladies and gentlemen, you can you can try to protest something, but that doesn't necessarily mean it will stop people from seeing the film. Mm-hmm. I'm talking, of course, about a dog's purpose. <laughs> yeah. the the other the 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 other yet another film about dogs directed by Lasse Holstrom, who mm-hmm. gave us the really wonderful Hashi yeah. with Richard Gere. And, and this is a film that caught a little bit of flack because it was released that there was some second unit footage of dogs forced into water right. and and animal rights activists kind of got their uh, kind of got their ups in arms mm-hmm. and something else in a twist yes. and uh and there was there were calls uh, Josh Gad had who was the voice of the dog in the film mm-hmm. um had you know had to come and speak and they had no knowledge of this and Lasse Holstrom the director had no knowledge of what would the second unit people were doing mm-hmm. and so the, it seemed like this was going to be a film that was going to die because of bad publicity it, it it lived, yeah. and you saw it. I did. I Any saw good? it. Yeah, I I actually just saw it. Um, I think it was last week. Um, and no, it's <laughs> it's it's really terrible. Um, Dennis Quaid is in it. Yeah, and it's. Um, I I want to not tell you everything about the movie, but okay. Is 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 there going to be like a Marley and Me? Well, turn that's not in. Okay, so the, okay, the, okay. Here, here's, not as bad as Marley and Me. Oh no, oh no. Okay, here, here's it, it's worse. Here, oh. here is here is the here is the essential premise of the film. Okay, um, and this this is not giving away anything. I don't think um, beyond you know beyond stuff you learn in the first 20, 25 minutes of the movie. When a dog dies, it is reincarnated as a new dog. So, and they're pushing this to kids. Yes. <laughs> So and they're, and they're voiced by Josh Gad. They're all voiced by, by Josh Gad, male and female. Um, sometimes he comes back as a female. Sometimes he comes back as a male. And so it, it's Return to Tomorrow. Yeah, mix it with Marley and me. Yeah, it it just it, it really rubbed me the wrong way. You know, as as a as a dog, you know, a, a dog lover, you know, an animal lover. Um, it, to me, it kind of cheapens the whole idea of having a pet. Right? It's like, oh well, don't worry, this pet is. It, when it dies, it's just going to come back to life anyway as, as something else. So do- dogs are just interchangeable things. You they, know, that's, they move to the country. That, that's, yeah, and and you know, and this one has a variety of owners. You know, but he he slash she kind of longs for his or her original owner, which I don't know how that works. If this was the first incarnation of that dog, and, and owners aren't reincarnated, right? Not the owners, just just the animals, just the animals. Yeah, and and that comes into play later on. But um, you know, and I, I mentioned this to you off. Um, you know, off air, uh, we, you know, my family actually just lost a dog. Um, we lost a dog about a week before that movie. So oh God. before we, before I, I received my, my copy of it in the mail uh-huh. and I was, you know, I was debating whether to, to watch it or not. And, um, you know, I showed it to my daughter who took the death of our, you know, our, our puppy the hardest and she was really interested in watching it. So we watched it and about halfway through, I kind of, you know, I, I I learned what the movie was about beforehand, and I was like, that really sounds stupid, but whatever, I'll watch it. And as we're going through, I was just mortified by it. I was just like, this is just really a ridiculous movie, and I I don't I don't like the message that it sends about dogs. Um, number one, kind of about the you know, it's it 
kind of takes all individual individuality that's away not from gonna, the, That's the not going to teach a kid anything, especially when no. they have a, a pet who passes right. and they get a new one mm-hmm. and they expect it to be voiced by Josh Gad. Right. Or, no, and they expect it to be the, the previous right. animal. And, and, my, and my kids recognized instantly um, Josh Gad's voice. <laughs> they called BS on they, it. Yeah, they, well, they... Um, uh, I wanna, the dog um, also spent too much time fawning over Luke Evans. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um, um, I think they... The dog agenda. You, you know, they, they recognized him as, as LeFou. Um, that's really? They, as yeah. opposed to Olaf? Yeah, as okay. opposed to Olaf, which surprised me. And I had to mention that to them. And they said, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that guy. Yeah. Yep, exactly right. So... Well, and and if you see the the ad campaigns at the video store, it is an extreme mm-hmm. close up of a cute dog's face in the title, and that's it. Yes, yeah. So <laughs> it it it's, it it does feel like it's it, it apparently it's a, I'm accusing this of Marley and Me type advertising. That's oh, yeah. BS. It's, they they literally just jam as many dog movie cliches as they can into this movie. Who let the dogs out? It's it's they don't say who let the dogs Thank out. Thank God. But just about everything else is jammed into this. You have like you have the, Elvis. You know, the abuser oh. and then you have oh, you know, the you know, and, and even they start like bringing them in from other from other places, you know, and it's like, oh well, um, you know, the owner is uh, um his dad doesn't understand him and and it's just so and it's almost to the point where it's like my dad just doesn't understand me. And the dog's like, oh, well, I love you anyway. And then it's like they move on, and there's more like that. Would, would, would it be any more interesting if it were Doug from Up? <laughs> yes, it would. Yes, it, there would at least I be some fun. I get under the porch because I love you. Yeah, and Josh Gad, I will say, as someone who's more or less enjoyed his work, is insufferable in that movie, too. Just insufferable. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and, I've, and I, I'm not a hater of him. You know, I, I enjoyed him as Olaf. I liked him. In Beauty and he and got to be married to Kaylee Cuoco in a film, so right. yeah, we, we appreciate that. <laughs> right. Way to go, big shooter. Even, even in Pixels, I thought he was okay. You okay. Know? But, you know, th- this, I was just like, I just can't. I, I don't want to listen to him anymore. Wow. <laughs> so beware. Beware that's out there. Yeah. Now, speaking of your daughter, and by the way, Joe's daughter has a scary movie thing, which is, <laughs> you know, I don't feel so bad that I'm yeah. showing my kids Shakespeare and messed up right. avant-garde theater. Uh-huh. But, but I know also on DVD this week, because you needed this. Uh, Rings, yeah. a sequel to the a third film of the Ring series. Mm-hmm. And only it's not a killer VHS; it's a it's a killer online thing. Right. And so if you watch it on your computer, because nobody watches TV anymore, right. it will kill you in seven. And they basically get to run that premise to the ground. Yeah. Did and, she like it? Um, she she did. She she gave it the same the same review she gave of our our other recent horror films, which was not scary. It, it enough. wasn't that scary. Yeah. Um, yeah. The they and they they address the, the the VHS versus the the online video YouTube right. video type thing. Uh, I think they they say they they transferred it or something. And um, it's, sure, it's not a good movie, you know. It's it, you know, but for her, it was fun. Okay. You know, it, I think it was. I think it's is it PG thirteen? I think it's I PG-13. probably is. So it's sugar free ice cream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly That's right. Well, we were talking earlier off, earlier this week because our our daughters uh, we we've inflicted scary movies upon our children mm-hmm. and they've turned and thrown it back in our faces as little hipsters. Yes, yours was uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> yes, yeah. she she um uh, so I have shown her um, when she, I think she was three I think uh, and I I'm sure I've talked about it on here. Mm-hmm. We watched Night of the Living Dead, um, just the first scene, and. Um, 
that kind of sparked a love of horror movies okay. for her. And yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was the most recent one we were sitting and there. She was not impressed. And she 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 enjoyed it, but yeah, she did not think it was very scary. Well, a couple of years ago, I showed Emma Jaws, which scared the hell out of me when yeah. I was five in uh-huh. 1975, and her response was. Uh, it was okay. I could see. I could see how that would have scared you when you were five. <laughs> but then again, we were having this discussion at Guardians of the Galaxy, and and I'm getting into a debate with your lovely daughter because I, I think her her arguments are invalid because she, on top of not being right about scary movies, right. she still thinks the music of One Direction is better than the Beatles. <laughs> yes, that's that's and, my shame. Yeah, that, that's that's okay. Um, yeah. And she's I have to give her she's sticking to her guns on this oh, one. Yeah. I, I mm-hmm. meant I said I want you to write this down and put it in an envelope and give it to your parents, and they're going to mm-hmm. give it back to you in thirty years. Yeah. Maybe ten years, mm-hmm. hell five, yeah. and you're gonna read this out loud, and you're gonna feel silly. And mm-hmm. she's like, "No, I won't. Yeah, no, no, I won't. She, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we went running around on the. I, I have, you know, we have the the, um, the Amazon Echo, where you know, with Alexa, where you can tell her what what songs to play. Right. And and I would just, I just turn on the Beatles, and I was like, just listen to this. And then she was in the middle of, of songs. Yeah, in the middle of the songs, Alexa, play One Direction. You know, blah blah blah. And I'm like. You you're not allowed to do that anymore. <laughs> you're you're grounded. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Uh, you know, I, Emma introduces me to vloggers that I still am yeah. learning about. So, mm-hmm. all right, um, ladies and gentlemen, we have some words to live by. So the greenest people. Sorry, that's <laughs> spoken. Go to the film me app. You can read a little of this and a little of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll get Chris Lloyd on here one of these days to talk about the hand, but he wants me to see the other hand, and I don't want to. <laughs> but no, Joe, thanks for hanging out, yeah, and no uh, and 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 good luck with uh, with sleepover films. That's <laughs> we'll save that for another time. Yes. Go see a good movie. You deserve it. You're listening to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. Good afternoon, California. Good afternoon, Fort Myers. Good afternoon, Michigan. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live!